Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Spartan Spotlight. I'm Justin Thin. I'm here with my co-host Corey Robinson. Big win today. Lots, lots to talk about in uh, Michigan State's win over Michigan. How are you doing today, Corey? Oh, doing good. Definitely uh, a lot more fun to do these things when, when we can talk about a big win as opposed to the other end. Uh, it's one of those games where you kind of get the bragging rights for a year so there's lots of implications on the winning and losing of this game so definitely was good to see the team come out there and kind of piece together the game even if they didn't play their best they just kept battling yeah for sure and um it's it's almost hard to remember what it's like to cover a loss uh, since it's been so long but there's some tough games left uh in the future of course but there's not been a time like this in a while in East Lansing where Michigan State's 8-0. They control their own destiny for the rest of the season. But, of course, that Ohio State game is probably going to make it a lot harder to advance uh, past them and make it to the playoff. But I guess you never know. But for now, Michigan State controls their own destiny. And they are looking good. Kenneth Walker's Heisman race is going as well as it's gone all year. Right now, going to have the highest odds he's had up to this point in the season. I haven't checked it since the game ended, but uh, I'm sure those are moving in real time. There's a lot of excitement uh, with the fact that they have a chance to be 10-0 and before they end up playing Penn State, who right now, as that game is going on, is playing very, very well after Illinois put up billions of yards on them. Ohio State has been held in check other than one long Travion run so far, but there is a chance to have a pretty special run here throughout the rest of the year, and that wouldn't have been possible without today's game. And so I guess what what was something that jumped out to you throughout the game, something that was a common theme? Just what is what is one of the bigger observations that we should dive into first? Uh, finishing finishing drives Michigan settled for field goals while Michigan State punched the ball in the end zone and honestly that was the difference of the game in my opinion yeah like you uh, look we didn't see today. yeah only for extra points and even skip two of those for him to (laughs) convert on two two point conversions to to make it happen too so so yeah I'd, I'd say finishing I guess would be the the key word for the game they they finished drives and they finished the game. And and that was going to be a key because Michigan, uh, they didn't have a great red zone conversion percentage against Northwestern. And one of the things that Michigan State's uh, defense has been known for this year is despite giving up lots of yards, they kind of hold teams uh, in check towards the red zone. So Michigan needed to break that sort of mold of Michigan State's defense. And they uh, did a great job kind of scoring on or sorry, they did a great job moving the ball, especially through the air, since Michigan State came into the game with a philosophy of not letting uh, Haskins and Corum beat them. And um, Cade uh, decided to have the best game of his career today. And uh, for most of the game, made Scotty pay for that. But I guess you can't say that it didn't work if, if they won the game with that philosophy. So great job by the defensive tackles, defensive ends, uh, when it came to stopping the run. Uh, when it came to getting pressure, definitely not the same same level of praise for those guys. But 
during uh, running plays, they definitely held up their end of the bargain there. And um, Cade uh, had, I want to say, over 375 yards. I think it was like 380, 383. So definitely uh, not the best game defensively, but now that you have the win in the bag, you can look at that throughout the week. And, uh, you know, other teams like Ohio State and Penn State are going to try to use that blueprint, but now you can self-scout it for the next several weeks. But um, Kenneth Walker, it's, it's, we're just running out of things to say about Kenneth Walker. Like, there's only so many times we can say he's elite. There's only so many times we can laugh at national media for not seeing how good he was back when he entered the portal and came to Michigan State. There's this guy just keeps playing better and better as the season goes on. And he needed a game like this against a top 10, top 15 opponent where the whole college football uh, world would be watching. And he went ahead and scored five touchdowns. I don't remember the last time that somebody scored five touchdowns in a college football game. Um, I'm sure it's happened, but I can't think of it um, off the top of my head. And it was just the best way, the best game for him to have that in. So is there anything you can add about Kenneth Walker that we haven't already been saying throughout the year? Yes. I mean, just, he's a, he, he proved that he's a, a big game player against Michigan and you know, what's arguably the biggest game of the year for Michigan state, uh, their best player that everybody had eyes on in the entire stadium was still able to make the plays and, uh, really cement himself as a a legitimate Heisman candidate now. So you're going to see him just kind of keep building off of that. And like, I guess too, when you look at some of the rivalry games, you would see even in the past when Michigan state, the pre D'Antonio years when they weren't as talented as a team or they didn't win as much, but they had like that superstar guy that could single-handedly, win the game for Michigan state against maybe a greater opponent. And that's kind of what you have with Kenneth Walker, where he's just a a game changer difference maker that you can count on in those big games. So uh, yeah, he's kind of running out of superlatives for him, but he's, I guess the best thing is he went out there and he earned it right when everybody was there. And uh, you looked at, like I watched the Fox pregame, uh, big noon kickoff show and Reggie Bush kept uh, reiterating that he thought Kenneth Walker was going to have a huge game and cement himself uh, in the Heisman race. And obviously uh, he he looks like he's psychic and really smart after <laughs> the game this Saturday, because yeah. he, he definitely lived up to what Reggie's billing was for him today. Yeah, for sure. And I know that Michigan state fans can get excited about the fact that Kenneth Walker has very, very good odds of being a finalist and representing the school in New York City. Um, It's hard to predict who's going to end up winning because there's still a month of football left to go. But uh, I I can't imagine a scenario where he's not at least invited, where he doesn't get his montage and all the publicity that would come with being a finalist. And that's a great honor in its own regard. So um, I, I would say that has been clinched at the very least. So that's good for the program. The biggest key is 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 winning. They keep winning. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and he is the marquee name out there. Where 
uh, we talked before the recording about like Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh, right. where he was getting a lot of hype, and they lose to Miami. So now that's done because it's a couple losses for them, and so he's probably he probably just left New York if he was in it to begin with. So uh, yeah, it's just a <laughs> uncharted territory for us at Michigan State. But talking about a, a legitimate Heisman candidate, and it's not just us saying how good he is now it's all of the national people giving him the credit for it yeah for sure and i know that when kenneth walker is sitting there um in new york and he has um by then everybody will kind of know that he's he's most likely not coming back as a running back that's a junior you you don't come back for your senior year not with the shelf life that nfl running backs have and he's not going to need to develop any more tools to prove that he's He's NFL ready. So he'll probably be gone after this year. And uh, right around December when uh, he's in New York and that montage is being shown and he's getting all the hype, I'm sure Michigan State will look to capitalize on that. They're going to make him the poster child of look at what we can do at transfers. Um, I'm sure they'll so- show some Q Crouch and Jarrett Horse clips in there. And uh, this, this is going to kind of come to a head right when the portal is going to start heating up and Michigan State will definitely look to take advantage of that. So um, next year, Michigan State's going to have to use the portal at several positions, offensive line, defensive end, maybe a safety, maybe a receiver if both Naylor and Reed are gone. So they have a lot of needs, and this is setting up perfectly to sell those needs. And and, and another position would probably be running back even. Yeah, 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 uh, for sure. Like, uh, and then you can obviously sell that really well, whether it's Jalen Berger, the Wisconsin uh transfer or somebody else that maybe the staff finds out there just because uh like you said kenneth walker wasn't necessarily the huge name as soon as we popped on the tape we we saw that it was huge talent so uh they showed that they do a good job at self-scouting and finding guys whether they went to alabama like ronald williams or somewhere smaller like a d2 school where they've had some Guys like uh, Brooks, the the defensive back, has made an impact. And then, was it Justin Wilson? Is that his name? I could be wrong. Uh, The safety that played today and actually had that good blitz off the edge. Oh, Uh, Justin White? Justin White, there you go. Yeah. So, so, you know, they'll find a guy, and obviously now you can sell it better than anybody from what Walker's done here. Yeah, for sure. And – it's going to be uh, interesting to see what Tucker can do after actually having eight plus wins to sell. If these are the portal guys he landed at two and five, I know they, they wanted some, some really good guys that ended up going to places like Georgia and whatnot, but now you might be able to land some of those guys, not, not just Ronald Williams and Chester Kimbrough's of the world, but maybe you kind of land a guy like a Tyke Smith at West Virginia or Dreshawn Miller from West Virginia going to, I think he also ended up at Georgia, but Georgia. Um, yeah. So like those, those are the guys that you might actually have a bigger shot at now. So interesting to see just the dividends that'll pay off here, but I guess enough about the, the long-term storylines, even though that's just something that comes to mind every time you see these transfers excel and, and Kenneth at least certainly did today. So uh, it's hard not to gravitate to that, but uh, kind of moving back to the focus of this game, 
Don't think the defensive line played very well, obviously. The cornerback the situation, has it was always going to be a problem. I didn't expect Cade to be able to take advantage of it to this regard, but uh, he did. Credit to him. He played uh, pretty good football today. The ball placement at times was a little behind or below a guy, but that's going to be the case in most games. And he did as great of a job as Michigan could have asked him to. Actually, much better than that, I would say. But not impressed with the corners, not impressed with the defensive ends on pass rushing. And those two factors coming together on the same game are just going to lead to a lot of passing yards through the air. So that was not that was not a recipe for success, but... I guess as long as you uh, didn't also give up a billion uh, yards on the ground at the same time, you gave yourself a shot to win and the offense came through for the defense. And uh, the whole second half, Reed uh, was kind of really the only, Reed and Mosley were kind of the only guys that Thorne consistently threw to that were still there because Naylor had his hand wrapped up. Um, So Credit to Thorne, I guess, for having uh, a lot of production in the second half by having one of his three major receivers uh, cut out of the rotation. And uh, just just a lot of – it was a shootout. That's not what a lot of people were expecting. Ground was wet. Uh, ball was wet. Uh, it was cold October day. And Big Ten football in the Midwest, you don't, you don't see almost over 70 points. So – It was a lot of fun, a lot of the environment in East Lansing was unlike I've seen Uh, back when I was a student through the last four years, there wasn't a game like that. Um, The the energy that Mel Tucker has brought is just, I I haven't seen anything like it. I wasn't a student there back when they were going to the Rose Bowl in the playoff, but I'm, I'm sure that was amazing as well, but it's certainly unreal what's happening there. What what was your kind of just thoughts on the environment watching the game and just kind of seeing the energy, the buzz before the game, the pregame shows, like what was your big picture macro kind of vibe just watching and seeing the game? I think, uh, I guess starting at the pregames, uh, you know, Michigan state had a challenge in a way, if you think about it, the fans where you had game day there and you had Fox big noon kickoff. So you, we're dispersing crowds between two big shows and uh, the crowds were loud and uh, there's a ton of people there. Uh, They brought a ton of energy. So I think they really sold themselves well uh, nationally as a brand for everybody that's watching that. And then in the game, uh, that's the loudest I've seen it in a long time. And even including some of those peak years of D'Antonio, I don't know, some of the older fans, will make an excuse that uh, with the tailgating rules being a little bit uh, more stricter than they used to be back in the uh, back 80s, 90s, early 2000s, that that eliminated some of the noise. But I think with Mel Tucker and so, so much of his staff, they, they're challenging the fan base to be better and to make Spartan Stadium a... a a real true home field advantage and each week you're seeing them improve each week is how how loud they are and then obviously with it being Michigan uh the intensity is up a little bit more two top 10 teams but I mean from my perspective being on TV like I haven't heard it that loud uh, in a long time and I imagine you being inside the stadium you know like it was a different level than than what we've seen and oh yeah i think it's just part of the process of building the talent building the energy in the crowd like everything everything mel does is 
with a process and a, a thought in mind. Like he doesn't, I don't think I've ever seen a coach that has his hands on so many different aspects of what makes the program a great program. So you give him and the staff a lot of credit for kind of challenging a fan base that, you know, it's not like they're a bad fan base, but maybe they were just comfortable watching and cheering when something good happened. Now they're starting to kind of become a a more ferocious home field advantage yeah. for them. Yeah, for sure. I th- I think that was probably the, I, I guess the Nebraska game was, was pretty loud, but um, we, we were also in the press box for that. And, and that was kind of filtering out the noise and, if you're not really in the fan and the bleachers, you can't really quantify it. So I don't know where I would rank that, but taking that out of the equation, this was definitely the loud, the the loudest game that I've been to since the 2017 uh, Notre Dame, Michigan state stripe out. Um, that was that, that was that 10 and three season that ended in the end with a holiday bowl victory. Um, that was, people were thinking that Michigan state was kind of back um, that, that uh, things were resolved and they were that season for sure that that season was a bounce back year, but that, that was probably the loudest game I had been to um, in my entire four years, which was kind of a shame because it was my freshman year there and the rest of the years there weren't as good of a product, but um, yeah, th- this is the loudest game since then. The things are definitely in the uptick in terms of the environment. I've actually never seen that many people in East Lansing on game day the, in regards to the people that weren't even going to the game that were just out tailgating uh, you're just running into people um, more than like two miles away from the stadium, like literally stepping on other people's shoes two miles yeah. away from the stadium. Yeah. I mean, uh, my wife, she's a, uh, she works at the post office in Okemos. Right. So it's outside East Lansing, but she ended up having to take a huge detour on the way home <laughs> at like five thirty ish because there was so much traffic overflowing and then an accident. But uh and then she had to leave early for work because there's so much traffic coming in. And yeah. I had saw like some of the other uh, journalists saying like their what their commute normally was. Right. And uh, their commutes today were like literally five to ten times yeah. more than what their normal one was oh, yeah. just because the amount of traffic. Yeah. We, I, my friends and I, we were driving over here um, from an hour and 40 minutes away and usually, yeah, usually it's an hour and 40 minute drive. We did the first hour and 30 minutes at the same pace as usual, but those last 10 minutes probably took 45 minutes because the amount of people that were trying to get into East Lansing, even though it was like four hours before the game, it was just unreal. But yeah, it was, it was a great environment before the game. I've never seen East Lansing that lively. Um, actually quite a few people today kind of, uh, like stopped me and said hello and said they enjoy our product. So uh, that was really cool to see. Um, Definitely still kind of surreal for me, but I appreciate all the people that, that stop us and and tell us they enjoy our work. And and I'm sure Corey, the same. So thanks a lot. And uh, yeah, that was was great to see all you guys kind of appreciate the work we do and just say hi in person. So definitely always encourage that, but it was uh, yeah. Getting into the stadium, everyone was there kind of early um, as, as early as the lines would allow students were camped out like crazy. And then the, the energy was just crazy. Um, in the pregame uh, in the stretching, people were just jumping up and down. The adrenaline was high for everybody. And then uh game kicked off and, uh, Michigan state kind of didn't give their fans a lot to cheer about in that first quarter. I uh, down 10, nothing right away. Um, 
And then uh, you, you kind of had in the back of your mind that Michigan State uh, had gotten the first uh, kickoff. So that means that they were not going to they're, – that they were going to kick the ball off to Michigan in the second half, and that was adding some anxiety to the equation. But mm-hmm. then uh, they, came, they came roaring back because that's just the culture that Mel Tucker has kind of embedded here. So you kind of get to see uh, that in action in two different stages of this week's game. The other was when they were down 16 in the third quarter and Michigan State ended the game on a 23 to, was it a 23 to three run, I believe? Yeah, 23 to three. Yeah, so that's really just kind of two microcosms of what the whole relentless, keep chopping culture kind of is. So you really kind of see that come true in this game. And then afterwards, and then afterwards, what you see is just, I don't know if it's, it's Michigan finding ways to kind of make excuses like they have been doing for years, whether it's officiating, whether it's the rain, whether it's, Oh, those wins don't count because we made atrocious coaching hires. Like that's somebody else's fault, but like, they weren't good. yeah, like every single thing has an asterisk next to it of some sort. And I guess it kind of saw a little bit of that today. Um, I, 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 the team itself, I, I, I kind of give them credit, the Michigan team, they came out and they, they fought hard and they had some chances to kind of cower after some things didn't go their way in terms of runs because Michigan state had come back and like scored on them twice. And they had the chance to kind of shrivel, but no, they, they kept fighting. They kept battling and past years, Michigan teams wouldn't do that. And uh, I, I kind of give them credit, but just the the fan base and the narratives and the national media and those things are just as laughable as always. Um, part of it is just kind of seeing leading up to the game after losing last last year's game, you shouldn't be coming into the next year's game with this much confidence about Michigan State as a fraud team. Michigan State hasn't played anybody, even though they played the three common opponents better. If you look at the EPA per play, and actually look at those three games and, and not just kind of pretend like, you know, football and make broad assertions, but there are so many moments where you can just kind of go on Twitter and see a lot of these guys making excuses. The second the game ends when before the game, they're saying things like, Oh, this team is so much better. And yet if they're so much better then why does one holding call uh, mean that that's why you lost the game or things of that nature. So it's it's just the same old, same old. There's people that aren't watching the games that are saying that Kenneth Walker has cotton candy yards when he when he plays the weakest teams and has his worst stats. Like that is the opposite of cotton candy yards. Like he didn't do anything against Western Kentucky. And it's just the same thing continues. National media is the national media. And Michigan just has this false sense of, uh, of accomplishment just because you have 110,000 in your stadium. You have a little Jordan Jumpman logo. You sign more four stars than Michigan State. But until they start finding Indianapolis on a map, like, what do you want a plaque? You, you want a banner for National Signing Day trophies? Like, I, I don't understand where any of this comes from. I never will. And until that program starts to prioritize winning on the field, that's going to not change. And you're going to have their recruiting writers writing things like, oh, as long as Michigan is involved, things are going to end poorly for Michigan State, taking them to the woodshed on the recruiting trail, whatever whatever that means. Um, but the, congratulations, I guess. Uh, would like to see what that translates to one day. 
Yeah, and then I mean, even if you look at going into this week, you had like the the current players didn't produce any bulletin board material, but the past ones did. Braylon Edwards talking about how he couldn't name a single person on the Michigan State defense. Uh, Taylor Luan doing whatever the hell it was that he did, like or he's so telling you weird. to to, to, so to throw weird. out the record he had while he was there because that doesn't matter. But but right now. <laughs> like yeah. that, that literally made no sense to me and yeah. I actually I don't know if you had caught it because you were uh driving home but Xavier Henderson actually called right. those two out uh at the press conference but it's just like it's just the culture of that program and like even tonight after the loss and somebody called Braylon out he said yeah he tried to point to the stats and he was like what are you talking about you lost like that 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 fan base as a whole like there's some really good ones uh Ant Wright Anthony Wright like he he's a good one but there's just so many like people in that fan base that are just like there's always an excuse with them uh, it's always next year. It's always this. It's always that. It's the crown on the field. Right. If you're Lloyd Carr when you played at Oregon, like there's always an excuse. They're never just. They just can't own the fact that their Big Ten championship has a is old enough to drive at this point. Right. Like, like that's yeah. a long time. Like at some point, you got to quit making excuses and just admit you are who you are. A team that used to be good, right? It, like, it, yeah. like period. And you like have this, like. Uh, arrogance about you and you've accomplished nothing like right like 2004 that's a long time for a big 10 one championship yep uh since 1950 and like i mean none of these things amount to what the way they act and it makes no sense honestly yeah it's just the most mind-boggling thing and you would think that like we would just get used to it and it wouldn't be a topic of conversation anymore but like it's just more jaw-dropping as the years go on and you have players that in this era, um, I guess that have played college football, like since I've been following it, like Taylor Luan and stuff, like how do you, after seeing your team lose 10 of the last 14 times, not even have the slightest bit of common sense on, on how this rivalry works and what fuels the teams. And then I guess too, maybe I guess like the current team didn't do anything during the week right but then you look at uh on the sidelines uh after it was seven to nothing with like just under eight minutes in the first quarter left and uh their coach uh i think osborne the the guy that kind of tried to mock michigan state for not having draft picks after they beat michigan last year uh is sitting there with the defense like taking selfies and like mugging up for the camera like he's on NBC Thursday night football with that little camera thing and you're just like what are you doing it's literally seven and a half minutes eight minutes left in the first quarter and you guys are acting like you accomplished something it's yeah it's all about just for them looking good and and protecting their brand and branding is important Mel Tucker has prioritized branding as well but you have to have at least a little bit of substance behind your brain power and I, I guess maybe they feel they don't need to because national media and, and all these guys like Joel Klatt and Colin Cowherd and, and these guys just gush over Michigan without them ever accomplishing anything since I've watched the sport. I, I guess the national media is really to blame for Michigan thinking that winning doesn't matter and that you can still hold up your brand and be very proud of it. But like, 
how, how are you going to be somebody that plays in the NFL knows what winning is actually about when you've actually gone to like AFC championship games, if you're Taylor Luan, and then with a straight face sit in front of cameras and say, Oh, well, forget me not winning anything. Forget the team actually coming off of a loss from last year, but I'm going to act like an absolute moron and embarrass myself in front of the world. And then also have Michigan fans eat it up and praise him. And I mean, I guess they also thought that Devin Bush's temper tantrum was, was a a great, a great battle cry. And I'm sure they applauded the stake in the field too. And um, just the horrible stuff that went on in the locker room after uh, that Devin Bush game as well. And the vandalism, it's just the, the fan base just gravitates to all of the wrong things. And that is why they will always be just the, the way they are until there's a coach there that finds a way to block out any sort of the fan base's influence or input on the actual players. And that's harder and harder to do these days with the social media having such a big role in things. But that is really what it'll take for Michigan to have any sort of real staying power in terms of on-field success, because without a total cultural reset where the fan base is completely blocked out of the locker room and the way players prepare, this is just going to keep continuing. And we're going to be back on Twitter next year, uh, 10 months from now, uh, just hearing about how two months from now, Michigan state is going to be exposed once again, and maybe Michigan wins next year. Who knows? But just there's no reason to be coming from that standpoint when this is the embarrassment that your program has been for the last 14 years in this rivalry. And then the most idiotic thing about it is saying, oh, well, well, you only win because you take the rivalry more serious than us. So I guess you put in all those hours of practice and preparation all year round to then lose because you don't even care. Like that's the most embarrassing thing you could say. And, and then they say, oh, well, Ohio State's our real rival. You guys aren't our real rival. That's why we lose. Okay, so then at least beat your real rival. Yeah, but like beat somebody. Like beat your fake rival, beat your real rival. And oh, but you landed a four-star recruit though. So I guess that's all good at the end of the day. And and that's how they look at it. That's how their recruiting writers look at it. But whatever gets clicks, whatever gets clicks, I guess. But um, yeah, it's it's just mind boggling some of these things that that program is built on, and I hope it doesn't change. Uh, that's for sure. Writing and covering uh, Michigan State sports is definitely better if that culture is the way that it is. Yeah, definitely, and I guess I mean that kind of brings me to the the next topic is how many people in their media and their fan base are like openly politicking. For Mel Tucker to get that LSU job that literally was nothing more than his name being mentioned <laughs> and you have certain certain media members uh I'll be nice and not say their names but like literally begging yeah on camera or in a podcast or through print like begging Mel Tucker to go take that job and to leave Michigan state but that's probably because they're owing two against them and yeah. they can recognize the trajectory that Michigan State's on, yeah. and they're like, oh, if he's eight and zero and two and zero against us, and he really, and and they they all know what he inherited, yeah. Like so, all they're doing is giving 
people in the Michigan State fan base, I guess, receipts to cash in when yeah. Mel Tucker's standing on the sidelines and he's lancing next fall. Yeah, yeah. You you think they're you think they're upset now today? Imagine how upset they're going to be when they realize these rumors didn't have even the slightest water in them. So they're going to yeah. be doubly disappointed then, if that's what they're taking solace in today. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw the post game on the field interview of Mel. Like he literally had to hold back tears because right. he was so happy about the win for Michigan State and what it means for the program. And that's not, you know, <laughs> that's not a fake facade where some people in Colorado that don't have enough money to hire, keep a coach or run an f- actual successful Power Five program would say he's not about that. It's about himself, where obviously that proved differently because, you know, he. He genuinely uh, had to hold back tears talking about how proud he was for the players and the program and what it means. (laughs) Like those, there's a, he's leaving a lot of clues on why he's not going to go to LSU. Yeah. And and I think we can kind of wrap that topic up by just telling people, listen to what Tom Izzo had to say. Izzo Izzo is talking to Mel Tucker about these things on a daily basis. And uh, the way I kind of read that um, statement that he had during his press conference uh, or not press conference, but like the media gathering before the Ferris exhibition was basically that um, him, Tucker, coach D they're all fundraising together and, and Tucker has some real ties to Michigan state. And uh, he, he understands the, the, the love the fans have for him and, and he's kind of, he has real roots here. So just that, that should put some people's mind at ease, but I mean, at the end of the day, it, there's we've just already given this topic, uh, not well, not us, but like just the MSU world has just given this topic way too much credence. And you guys just got to toughen up because this is just how it's going to be. While Tucker is here, there's always going to be people that want him um, until he reaches like way into his tenure, like Coach D, where people just kind of just started ignoring the possibility of him leaving. Until then, it's just going to be like this. And you can't be so fragile that just hearing that one donor likes him means that you're going to not enjoy all the wins that you have for the rest of that year. And that's, that's just, I guess the best advice I would have is at the end of the day, there's nothing of any credence right now that Tucker has interest in LSU. There's not any, anything of credence that LSU's AD has any uh, desire to even interview Mel Tucker. So I mean, it could be worse too. You could have a head coach that nobody wants. Right. You could be Michigan. As a take a pay cut. Yeah. You could be Michigan. Like like. (laughs) you you want to know the different, you want to know how you can really tell the difference between which program is doing well and which one isn't Michigan fans. And and some of their media members are begging him to leave. Meanwhile, Michigan state fans, they're begging Michigan to give Harbaugh a lifetime contract. So there's your your answer. and And no, teams are knocking down the door in the nfl when he looked last year yeah because if you want to know why why he didn't sign the the extension it's because he was shopping for an nfl job and he found out nobody wants him right yeah yeah (laughs) there was some buzz about him kind of being a good coach again and then let's see what happens this year i know right now i I still have faith that they're not going to crumble like previous years and they'll probably like go nine and three ten and two it's not gonna wheels aren't gonna totally fall off but who knows maybe i'm giving them too much credit but but what's what 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 is those nine and threes oh or ten and twos that's a loss to michigan state and ohio state maybe Penn state yeah so so what what did you gain this year that you didn't do the previous years that weren't good enough yeah yeah 
for sure. And, yeah. and I mean, I, I give them, I give them some credit for going to places like Nebraska and Wisconsin and winning because past Michigan teams have failed in some of those regards. But yeah, like you're saying, at the end of the day, you have to start beating Michigan State. You have to start beating Penn State. You have to start beating Ohio State. And he's just not doing that. You gotta, you gotta beat teams that you're not supposed to always be at some point. Right. Because I think his record against top ten teams is pretty pretty bad and then like obviously Michigan State and Michigan I think he's combined three for nine after this latest loss he is three for nine yeah three and and three and nine probably soon and then they should get in the loss for dodging them last year but (laughs) yep that yeah it's I don't know I I you also if you're Michigan you can't fire him because I, I mean I guess you can but like the thing is like if he couldn't get it done then who can like the same thing of of what you look at Nebraska, like if Scott Frost couldn't get it done there, then, then like, who can, like, it's just like, maybe your program just is what it is. You just accept your nine and 10 wins. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Just, just kind of abandon the thinking that you're Alabama with the way you talk on social media. And I don't think anyone is laughing at you for nine and three, if you don't have the arrogance behind it, that you do um, coming into every year and talking about all these Heisman candidates and stuff. And, all this this is the year jim is jim is yelling and he's pushing uh weighted sleds in training camp and they're doing their jump around uh at wisconsin and suddenly it's an entirely new team like i'll give them some credit like like i was saying earlier they fought and they had times where they could have just given in after some michigan state runs and they didn't so they're playing with more energy this year i think they're playing for each other but at the same time like some of the buzz that you just see is just unreal and that is part of why you are laughed at once you can't meet these expectations. And I, I don't know, it's, it's just, I, it's, it's great to kind of see from the outside as like a, as an observer, but you, you're kind of just shooting yourself in the foot with the way that you act as a Michigan fan. Um, that's, I don't know. I don't really have much else to say there other than it, it's just so weird how you just don't get it after year after year of the same thing there's just nothing clicks like you you go down last year and lose as a 24 point favorite and you should not if if i if my team had lost by 24 points there's not a word of trash talk i'm doing until the final whistle of next year's game but all i heard was kenneth walker's not very good um michigan state hasn't beaten anybody even though they played the three common opponents better if you look at the stats all this ridiculous nonsense that was always going to be proven or disproven on the football field. But once again, that would require your fan base to actually care about what happens on the football field and not what happens on Twitter and not what narratives you can push and what agendas you're trying to create. So, but keep at it. It just makes these wins more enjoyable for Michigan state fans across the country. I'm sure. And yeah, uh, I guess as a program, I guess the best thing I could say that they remind me of is they're that that guy in high school that had the really cool sports car, but now they're 40 and they're still driving that same car. Yep. Yeah, it's just running out of words to describe it other than just it's mind boggling that it continues to be this way and they're just (laughs) never going to learn. And I already know what the lead up to next next year's game is going to be like. And 
I'm sure if, if they land a recruit or two, they're going to be jumping up and down about how, well, actually this year, the national signing day time of the season might be a little calmer for Michigan because right now Michigan state has, I want to say six, four stars and maybe it's five, but um, Michigan has two, four stars and one, five star, the five star who's a legacy. Um, so the blue chip ratio so uh, that's that's true. Twenty four seven sports has him as a four star, but um, yeah, there's definite, definite questions about the speed there. But he could be a good safety, but cornerback, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, yeah, but um, yeah. So so the blue chip ratio is um, two to one for Michigan State. Uh, I want to say it's six to three, but I guess it could be five to three in terms of guys that are four or five stars or higher committed to a school. So, and and we'll see what happens with Kante Goodwin. Um, but yeah, that's. There is just uh, not a lot of excitement there, I would say. So even with Michigan uh, early signing day and national signing day, it, it might just finally, for the first time in a while, uh, they might not be thumping their chest about getting recruits that once again won't find Indianapolis on a map. Yeah, definitely. And then I guess uh, I guess the best way is the difference of the two programs where you're seeing Michigan State like Keontae Goodwin's always been there, but now you're legitimizing it. There's someone else coming soon that we're not going to talk about, but you know, that's because of winning. I, I had a recruit that's not going to come here that could have came here had he made a better decision in the summer where he literally, he's committed somewhere else. And he messaged me after the game today saying I made a mistake. I yeah. should have went to Michigan state. Uh, and then I'm interested. I We've heard that Steve Wilfong has got, something pretty good with uh the five-star linebacker harold perkins coming up yeah uh, i was busy so i didn't get to really yeah uh, figure out what that was yeah. but he 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 made that sound like that was pretty exciting so you're yeah. starting to see michigan state kind of garner that national respect from a lot of recruits and even guys in the business like steve wilfong like you know he, I, I swear he had to have did an update on 30 kids in oh, the first yeah. 20 minutes after the game was over yeah. like that it was steve, insane yeah the, the steve just um just hit another gear here and w- i was thinking about like three four or five guys that i'll hit up after the game and uh, i was out of uh the range of reception for a long time and after an hour or so i uh check my phone while i'm eating barrio in east lansing and seeing couches burn and all this and look at my phone and uh, Steve uh, has put out an article where he has talked to pretty much half of the recruits in the entire nation <laughs> and uh, has gotten recruit uh, tidbits on all of them. So yeah, he, uh, he was just phenomenal in this coverage and Alan, as always, uh, Alan is just as phenomenal as they get in this industry, but the uh, national media in terms of our company, uh, they're definitely all on board with this Mel Tucker hype train. Uh, guys elsewhere, um, they they're kind of slow to react there. But Steve and these guys, they can see the momentum through recruiting. Uh, that's where they can kind of feel the tides and energy tur- turn. And uh, it's great to see the coverage they're bringing. But uh, there's there's yeah, there's gonna be lots of updates on the recruiting impacts of this weekend. Uh, there's already lots of stuff published on twenty four seven sports. Hopefully you were smart enough to take advantage of that 60% off deal that was running this entire last week, just especially for the Michigan state and Michigan sites. 
uh, in per, um, focusing on this rivalry. That was the entire reason that that was uh, a deal. So uh, you got five days to take advantage of that. But like, if you did some of the kind of reactions you would see, let's see, let me sample some stuff here. But um, so Zion Young, who is visiting from uh, he actually, he's, yeah, he's from Georgia. He's a West Virginia commit right now. So he's currently committed to West Virginia. He was at the game today and uh, said stuff like uh, relationships uh, are what he has thought a lot about when it comes to his interest in Michigan state. Um, he said playing for Ron Burton and coach Tucker is a factor that would be uh, a big role in his decision. And he said, they know what it takes to get guys to the next level and would help me reach my potential relationships matter a lot to me. West Virginia was the first P five to take a chance on me and offer. So he's talking about why uh, that relationship matters to him. And then he goes on and says, I could see myself making a lot of plays there, but getting a chance to see and experience everything today gives me something to go home and discuss with my parents and coaches. So that's Zion Young basically telling um, our guy, Steve Wiltfong, that he uh, pretty much is torn in his decision. Um, Let's see some other stuff. Uh, I know Joshua Mickens is a, is a top target for Michigan State at defensive end. And uh, he said the, he said, I really loved everything here today for real. Um, The atmosphere, the coaches, almost everything, but the atmosphere was electric. Really it was live and it was loud. And this was Mickens coming up here on a second unofficial in the last month. Um, it, this, this is, uh, one of the, he's a top 247 four-star edge rusher and, uh, Jalen Thompson didn't make it today after his team was eliminated late last night. Um, but he's been here several times, you know, continue to come here. And, um, obviously coach Wilcher is a guy that can help out in that regard, but the defensive end class is already looking uh, really good in terms of where they stand with top targets in 2023, Caleb Presley, the top 100 guy from Seattle, um, the cornerback the there who I can't even remember the last time we had a top Michigan State had a top 100 uh, guy from a state like Washington come visit, but he's going to hit me with quotes later. And he uh, flew here on his own dime. And just the, these are things that you don't really see, at least not the last four years uh, at Michigan State. So the excitement is just off the charts. Just anything you want to add there in regards to the recruiting momentum of this weekend, Corey? Yeah, uh, definitely. Just kind of reiterate how how many people are really starting to buy in to the the program, the culture, the environment that the Michigan State fans are creating is making a difference. Um, but yeah, honestly, like we talk about a lot of these really good players, but at the path Michigan State's on, like they're gonna, they're, you're gonna see a lot of other names like two weeks ago nobody thought Harold Perkins was a shot here they offer him I think they're like his 30 something offer and he was planning on coming here but I'm assuming he didn't because he just wants to use his official on it so he can actually get a full full uh, allotment of time with the coaches where if had he went to a noon game after leaving you know Texas probably Friday in the evening like you really wouldn't have gotten as much of a touch. So obviously that's a guy that they've jumped in on. So I think you're just seeing the trajectory of the type of recruit going up. Everybody likes Mo because he's one of the 
better in touch coaches out there and everybody likes the kind of the the way he carries himself and just all everything that's him is like it translates over to the young high school kids so uh i guess just stay tuned and uh definitely if you haven't gotten a subscription i would jump on it because i think michigan state's about to really go up a, a whole nother level in what they've seen and recruiting here oh these next 12 months these these next 12 months are going to be a lot of fun so annual membership whenever the next time you see a deal or just i don't know when the next one's going to be so maybe just get it as soon as possible i don't know but either way a lot of excitement that's going to result from this season because you saw mel tucker have uh the class is currently ranked at 16th or 17th and that's after a two and five season um and, and yeah a lot of most of those guys are committed before the season started so it's not even like oh, they added a lot of dudes after these wins. Like, no, most of those commits except Dylan Tatum were um, after just two and five. That's all he had to point to. And the culture he's building and the type of person he is and the type of staff he has. That's all they recruited that off of. Now this week, they're going to have actual um, results to look at and point to. And they're going to, gonna, they're just going to have so much momentum moving forward. And you're going to want to see the tidbits that are going to follow with that. And um, also the, uh, the basketball team had uh, guys in today that they really like. I know Braylon Green, 2023 combo guard, is, uh, is one of the top targets right now for Michigan State in that class, along with Jeremy Fears uh, and Xavier Booker, who's a center. And uh, Booker made it today as well, even though his plans uh, were kind of uncertain throughout. And that's why I wrote tentative in the original submission of my article, but uh, he ended up making it. It was actually, I was told on Tuesday that they were thinking that he was probably going to come to Michigan State for an, uno- for an official visit this weekend, but it ended up being an, an unofficial because he couldn't make it on Friday, which was what was holding up the plans to begin with. So they got their arguably their top center target in the 2023 class up here. They got their top combo guard target. They've had Jeremy fears up here two or three times just in the last two months. And Cam Christie, who's one of their top wing targets. He was here today, brother of Max Christie, um, small forward tie pens. He doesn't have an offer yet. He's going to be a guy that they're going to monitor though. And, He's a guy that have hosted twice on unofficial visits. So he obviously has the staff's attention and he's going to have the opportunity to earn an offer this later this year. And then the surprise visitor that I was tipped off about this morning, that is 2022 four-star Ty Rogers. That's a guy that is the perfect Izzo mold, uh, at least in the on-court sense. He is just a great defender, uh, likes to rebound as well. Just locked down Imani Bates in the summer circuit this year. Uh, just just the defensive guy that Izzo would thrive with. So he transferred to Illinois for high school basketball recently, and he kind of has some pro-Illinois vibes in his recruitment right now. But him pulling up, making the drive there for this morning's noon game was uh, great to see for a Michigan State basketball recruiting fan. And um, Izzo always has made it known that he really needs the basketball or he really feeds off the football program to be good. Um, while recruiting for basketball and even just to be energized and recharged, he says, it's good to see the football program do well, but they're really cross recruiting right now. And it's, it's just great for Tom Izzo to kind of use these games to his advantage. And I know those guys are going to be really impressed. So 
lot of positive energy in terms of recruiting. Definitely go ahead and check that out on our site. Uh, Chris, is there anything else uh, from this game that we need to touch on? Um, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, a big win, obviously, for Michigan State. Uh, you know, Mel Tucker and the staff is going to utilize Paul Bunyan in their recruiting photo video or pictures like they did last summer. So uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone in the building's happy to keep him around another year and make sure everybody in the world knows that uh, they still won that that game. And then just as far as a team, I guess, just give them all the credit in the world for uh, finishing because they could have gotten folded too because, I mean, you couldn't have played much worse in the first quarter and so much of it was self-inflicted. And uh, just a, a good good win. And now you can walk the streets for the next year as the, the winner of the, the rivalry yet again. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't really have much else to say. I guess I'll just echo what I was saying earlier. If you're a Michigan fan, be better, uh, especially these next 12 months. Uh, don't forget the way that the last two games have gone. Um, I guess less about the fans, but even more just past uh, players, alumni, national media. These guys really do look at these things, and bulletin board material is a real thing. Um, I know former Michigan State players will say that you don't need bulletin board material to get hype for this game. You should be hype on your own, but these things really do matter and everything helps. And I know some of the stuff the players were focusing on this week, some of the things that they heard, uh, things like these cotton candy yards and and, uh, Panashuk not being as good as Hutchison and And some of these things, uh, whether they were true or not, these things get to the team and this team uses them. And if you have a team that that is lost in the last two iterations of this rivalry, just remember that when uh, 10 months from now, you're talking trash leading up to the game. And I know I would be telling Michigan State fans the same thing if they had lost recently is probably don't talk as much trash until after the final whistle of next week's of next year's game. But I guess what happens when you put a lot of stock into recruiting rankings and stadium capacity and titles before world war two and, and all this other nonsense, what happens is you kind of forget that the on-field wins actually mean something. You kind of forget that Indianapolis is a real place and you end up kind of falling under the spell that your program is elite because you just fixate on these off the field things that you see as accomplishments when they don't translate to anything that helps you beat Michigan state on the field. So I guess while you're going to be staying under that delusion, yes, you're going to continue talking trash in a way that isn't justified based on past success. So that is your prerogative. Feel free to do so, but then stand on that ground about your program being much more elite after the game ends and don't complain about a call or two. If your program is really that much better, you should be able to withstand a call or two not going your way. You can't have it both ways. Either you're a far superior school and you don't need any sort of call or two to go in your favor, or you're not. So that's how I'll leave it. We'll catch you guys next time.